I will. I'm just so grateful for each and every one of you that are here tonight. And I know that God has something, something great here tonight. And I just want you to know, I've had just so many people, kind-hearted, loving people, just come up to me and say, are you okay? Are you okay? I am great. Thank God. Where's Pastor Jim Ruddy? Just wave your hand at me. Where are you? Right there. He comes walking in. He quotes the scripture to me. No greater joy than a son to follow in, my, in his footsteps. Amen. And it's just an incredible moment here tonight. And I want to give you all an opportunity to sow into the night. We don't. We take offerings every time we get together. And there's a multiple of ways that you can do it. And for some of you, you may be a little tech challenged. It's okay, because we got two white boxes in the back that you can put something in on the way out. We won't take a regular, we don't have anybody carry any buckets around anymore, but we, we have those white boxes in the back. You can text to give. You can go online to give. But I just ask you tonight, so in here tonight. Some of you see this. Now, when I look up here and I see I have my grandson started out on the drums, my oldest son finished up on the drums, my other two sons up here singing, my daughter-in-law leading worship, my other daughter-in-law here going to get ordained tonight. Come on. I'm just so grateful. I am standing in a moment of my life that I am just so grateful. And so I just ask you tonight just to share in that. So if you would, we would be honored if you would partner with us. Listen, the new lead pastor, he's got some big things coming up. And we want to get behind it. And we want to help him do that. I want to just give you just a little uh, thought first about the order of the evening. We I'm going to have in just a minute, I'll, I'll give some instruction to um, some of our family and, and then to the elders. Then we're going to ordain Samantha tonight. And then we're, we're going to install Ryan Martin McDonald is the second lead pastor of the City Church in Batavia, New York. And so I'm, I'm grateful for that. So at this time, Pastor Ryan... Samantha, would you come up? There, I was looking for you, but I couldn't find you. And at this time, I want Garrett, and Benjamin, and Amanda, and Jamin, and Gabriel, just to come up, hug, and affirm. I want you to see these, these people, see what's happening here. I'm missing one granddaughter. She's away in college in Florida, but this is, this is our tribe right here. Hey, you guys, come on up here. I was looking for you. Where are they? They're not at the end of the line. We're a hugging bunch here. 
Well, they're finishing that. I'd like the elders to come up and do the same thing tonight. The elders have been so wonderful when, when we first started talking about it. I asked them to pray, and they were all 100% in agreement with that. How many of you know it's incredible to have a great group of elders stand with you? our youngest elder here. He's only 85. <laughs> Samantha, Ryan, why don't you take a seat? It's an incredible moment to be able to affirm the calling that is already on Samantha's life here tonight. And I want to read this to you, and I just think it's just so beautiful. As a woman of God, you have been called into the line of very special individuals mentioned in Scripture, such as Deborah, Huldah, Junia, Chloe, Phoebe, Priscilla, Dorcas, Lydia, and Anna. In the Word of God, we find women serving in the role of an evangelist, a prophet, a leader, a teacher, and a pastor. And you have entered the ranks of those who were last at the cross, first at the tomb, first to declare and proclaim the resurrection, first to witness to the Jews, and first to welcome Christian missionaries into Europe. You are called to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, having excellence of his power revealed through you that the life may work at others. You have been called to nurture, build your household well, which you have done extraordinary, and have a good and faithful testimony, which you do. You have been called with a holy calling according to his own purpose. Therefore, I charge you, Acts 10.28, keep watch over yourself and the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you an overseer. Ephesians 4.15, Speak the truth in love. 1 Timothy 4.16, watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and those that hear. 1 Timothy 5.22, keep yourself pure. 2 Timothy 4.2, preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, encourage with great patience and careful instruction. 2 Timothy 4, 5, keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. I charge you to be exemplary in your communication, your conduct, your compassion, your conviction, and your character. In acceptance to this charge, would you respond in this way? With God's help, I will. I want you to stretch your hand towards Samantha 
and towards Ryan tonight because what is happening is beautiful in the sight of God and in this house. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this moment of our lives. I thank you for Samantha, for the day that she was released on this earth. Your hand was upon her and you've protected her and you have guarded her and you have influenced her to this point. And the best and the greatest is yet to come in her life. And by the authority given to me by the Lord Jesus Christ, the head and chief cornerstone of the church, and will the elders of City Church of Batavia, we ordain you into the ministry that Jesus Christ has called you to. And we ask it tonight in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, and everybody said amen. I have, I have asked um, men that have not only had influence in my life in this church, but on Ryan and Samantha's life. Honey, will you bring me that microphone? Or Benny, just grab it, Benjamin, or Ben, yeah. These men have spoken into our lives, have... Some of them have got down and fought in some pretty tough battles. And I honor them, and we honor them tonight. The first I'd like to come up is Pastor Ron Bergio from Lovejoy Church in Buffalo. Would you put your hands together for Pastor Ron as he comes? Are you okay, Pastor? I didn't know it was coming right up. Be in season and out of season. I'm in season right now. Well, number one, it's an honor to be here and a privilege to be here at the City Church, a great church. And I'm going to just share a couple of thoughts that a scripture that came to me today, just for this evening. Uh, we're talking about successors, a successor. Moses needed a successor. Pastor Marty needed a successor. It says in Numbers 27, Moses said to the Lord, Moses prayed, May the Lord, the God who gives breath to all living things, appoint someone over this community, over this church, to go out and come in before them, one who will lead them out and bring them in. So the Lord's people will not be like sheep without a shepherd. So the Lord said to Moses, said to Marty, take Joshua, Ryan, a man in whom is the spirit of leadership, and lay your hand on him. Have him stand before Eleazar the priest and the entire assembly and commission him in their presence. Give him some of your authority so the whole Israelite community will obey him. He is to stand before Eleazar the priest, who will obtain decisions for him by inquiring of the Lord. At his command, he and the entire community of the Israelites will go out, and at his command, they will come in. 
Moses did as the Lord commanded him. He took Joshua and had him stand before the Eleazar the priest and the whole assembly. Then he laid his hands on him and commissioned him as the Lord instructed through Moses. Moses expressed his concern that Israel should have a good leader to take his place. And that was Pastor Marty's desire for a long time. Moses' concern was for the well-being of the community, not for himself. And I know Pastor Marty. His desire was for the church, the area, the community, not for himself. Who would lead Israel? Moses prayed, as we saw here, sought the Lord to select this leader. The leader should be, this is what it said in the scriptures we just looked at, a shepherd to lead, guide, and feed the flock of God. That's what a shepherd does. To go out and to come in before them. Coming in, <coughs> excuse me, refers to worship and being in the presence of God. Ryan knows how to do that. Going out refers to witnessing, ministering the word, and being a carrier of the presence of God. Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, in this case, Ryan and Pastor Samantha, with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. One of the qualifications for the job of leading the people of God was to have the spirit of leadership and be filled with the Holy Spirit. This is also a qualification for leaders in the New Testament. Acts 6.3, brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them. Ryan has demonstrated his qualities and capabilities a number of times. Ryan has also demonstrated his qualities of being filled with the Holy Spirit and his excellent gift of leadership over the last number of years. I just want to say this, Pastor Marty has not resigned from ministry, but as the apostolic senior pastor will give support to Pastor Ryan and continue to be a blessing to the congregation with the gifts and talents God has given him. And just one last word, I felt the Lord say to me this afternoon, the word partnership. My son and I, it'll be five years in January that Pastor Jonathan is the lead pastor at Lovejoy. And one of the reasons is because we honored this term partnership. Pastor Marty and, and Ryan, they will continue to partner together for the glory of God. Partnerships solve problems and everybody wins. This church is going to win. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor Ryan. Amen. Pastor Jerry Gillis is a friend. I've been to Israel with him, and um, he's spoken in this church. I've spoken at the chapel. Would you welcome Pastor Jerry Gillis from the chapel in Buffalo tonight?
It's an honor to be here, and I wanted to take just a moment, um, because I was asked, to be able to speak a word or two into your life. Now, Sam, if there's anything you want me to include, uh, Marty has my number, and he can text me right now, and I'll just read it. So if there's some things we've got to straighten out, you just let me know. (laughs) So here's what I know about Ryan, and I'll be brief. Um, When I first met him, I, I met him, of course, through his father. One of the first impressions that I ever had from his father was when he was at the chapel and we met and he said, do you think I could ever get a job here just scrubbing floors? And I I just laughed and I'm like, are you kidding me? You're the pastor of City Church in Batavia and doing a great work and all that stuff. He was just humble, right, and honoring. That's what I've known about the McDonald's, humility and honor. And I've seen that in his life. Every time that he's around me, I'm not old enough to be his father, but I'm not young enough to really be a sibling. I'm more like an uncle, maybe. Yeah, Uncle Jerry. But I still have always been treated by him with great, great honor. I've just watched it in his life. You know, I was reminded that 1 Corinthians chapter 4, around verse 13, 14-ish, I get the numbers confused sometimes. Do you ever do that? It's in that neighborhood, so trust me. Here's what Paul said to the church at Corinth. He said, though you have 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. Paul said to them, I'm a father to you, and you've got a father who's also been a spiritual father. You've got other people in your life who have acted in some degree in spiritual fatherly roles, and you've honored that, and God is now honoring it in you. But your destination is not to just be a spiritual son. It's to grow into a spiritual father. This is what God has called you to. It doesn't happen overnight. You can't microwave that. It's impossible. This comes with time and experience and the sanctification of God in your life. But I want to remind you of something because we've been able to walk together the last over two years because he and some others that are in this room here to support you walked through a two-year discipleship, development, leadership time that you gave us permission to be able to speak into your life for a couple of years. One of the things that you did not miss in that time is what the purpose and nature of the church is all about. You understand what that looks like. You understand what the commission of God is to go into all the world, preaching the gospel, making disciples, right? But I want to remind you of something in that great commission, that before we become people who are mobilized into the mission, we first have an identity. Because Jesus says, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. To be baptized into the name of is a question of identity. I want you to remember that though you have a title as pastor, and I have a title as pastor, and we have titles as pastor, it's not our identity. We have been baptized into the name of the Father. That means we have a Father that loves us so much that He sent His Son on our behalf. 
We've been baptized into the name of the Son. And in the book of Matthew, where we end in the Great Commission, it has taught us all the way through that the Son of God is the King. That you are a child of the King. And you've been baptized into the name of the Spirit. The Spirit whose primary ministry is to magnify the Son of God. Before you are anything, you are identified with the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. That's who you are. Our titles mean nothing when we stand before God, but our identity. No one can touch that. Walk in that and become the spiritual father that you're destined to be. Know that I love you. still might hit you up for that job. (laughs) Pastor Chris Ball has been such an encouragement to my son and his family, to the church. He's the president of Elam Fellowship of Churches. Would you welcome Pastor Chris Ball as he comes? I titled this The city church is a people of vision and dreams. Joel 2, 28 and 29. And afterwards, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Don't stop dreaming. Reinvent yourself. Reestablish yourself. You're not done. Keep dreaming. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Those days are these days. We are in the these days of those days. How's that? And as you step into that with that spirit of vision and dreams that are going to come upon you, with the identity that's already been spoken of that you carry in Christ's name, in that identity as you are identified with the Holy Spirit and the Father. I want to give you five insights to what it means to have a prophetic vision. As you lead this church in the role that you're now, the new assignment that you're in, you need to know that we who are Christians, who are believers, are people who hear from heaven. And you need to know that your messages your life, your counsel, your wisdom, everything that comes to you must become a part of hearing from heaven. The one who knows all things loves to communicate with us. In John 14, 17, he says this, The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because they neither see it or even know him. They're blinded. But you, my friend, know him. He dwells in you, and he will be with you. So therefore, you will hear from heaven. Number two, we are a people who see things that others don't see. We live in a world today where a lot of people see all kinds of things. But as a visionary leader, a person that knows God and hears from heaven, number one. Number two, we're a people who see the things that others don't see. 
Ephesians 1.18. My prayer for you. Open up the eyes of your heart that your heart might be enlightened by the things that we see that others don't see. Three, we see the invisible hand of God working. We used to wear bracelets before you were born called, What Would Jesus Do? Nowadays, I want you to be saying, what is Jesus doing? That's a new word. That's a new season for you. We know what he might do, but as a visionary leader and a seer from heaven, you ask the question, what is he doing, and what can I join him with? Number four. So first, we are people who hear from heaven. Number two, we're people who see the things that others don't see. Three, we see the invisible hand of God working. Number four, we're a people who see into the future. I'm glad we can see into the future. He is the author and the finisher, the alpha and the omega. Matthew 16, 18 says this, and I really want to speak this to you very dearly. On this rock, not Peter, the rock, Jesus, on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell, that's seeing into the future, will not prevail against it. But then he says this, I will give you the keys of heaven. Keys speak of authority. These keys in my pocket, this one right here is my house key. Gives me authority to go in my home. The other key is the office. It has access to every single room in that building. It's, a, it's representing the authority that God is allowing you to have as you see and walk with him. And God is saying to you, I will give you the keys to see into the future, that you will bind on earth that which is bound in heaven. That which is loosed in heaven, you will loose on earth. Amos 3, 7 says, Surely the Lord does nothing until he reveals it to the secrets his secrets to his servants, the prophets. Last one. We're a people who are told what God is up to. Listen, God is up to something. Every, every ministry I travel all around, everyone is saying, God is up to something. And I want you in this leadership role to be a part of what he's up to. 1 Corinthians 2, 6 through 10, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor even entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed to his visionary leaders, to those through his spirit. So as you step into this assignment, my good friend, as well as you as being ordained, I speak to both of you, and I would say, keep listening because you can hear from heaven. Keep seeing because you see things others don't see. You will, you will be given the keys to his heaven, so walk in that authority carefully, and you will see into the future. God bless you. Thank you, Chris. Thank you so much. I have two more. Hector Santos has been a prophetic voice into our lives, into this house into the region, lead and founder of G-Force Ministries. Hector, would you come and speak 
over these. I'm honored to be able to share tonight, and uh, I don't minister out of a pastor's office. Uh, so as I was praying for this gathering tonight, already today, I want to just put a prophetic charge on the two of you, if that's okay. Uh, as I was praying today, uh, this vision opened up in front of me, and I saw the Lord standing behind you with a flask of oil. I saw Jesus standing between the two of you, and he was pouring oil over the two of you, just dowsing you both with oil. So if there's any question that this, if, if this is a call from man, if this is something just uh, that man is offering you to do, I just want to dispel that now and let you know this is a call that God is bringing to you in this moment. This is a divine call into ministry, and God is bringing you to the next level. So I just want to prophesy over the two of you. And uh, Ryan, the Lord would say to you, son, uh, I've picked you and I've prepared you. I've chosen you for this call, says the Lord. Even this is something that you've seen before. You've seen it and you know what I'm talking about. This has been a vision that has played in front of you before. You've seen yourself in front of people. You've seen yourself loving people. You've seen yourself pastoring and caring people. And the Lord says, I've given you this vision. I've allowed you to see in advance, as the man of God was just saying, in advance what would be taking place this day. So today I bring you through the threshold, says God, into this call that I have for you, says the Lord. And understand this, that the Lord says, I'm not calling you to do something that only I can do. I'm calling you to trust me, to rest in me, and to let me take you into this place where I'm going to teach you and show you the things that you're going to learn quickly in the season ahead. I started seeing three years in front of you. I started seeing the next three years and just this being like a season of being a sponge and you just expanding in all directions as it's growing with the things that God was teaching you in this season. It's a time to take in and grow for God says, I'm about to show you things that has been in your heart, things that you've wanted to know, but I'm bringing you into that place to serve in that capacity. And the Father said, says to you, you will walk in that place of loving his people. The Lord says, you'll be known as one who truly loves, and God is going to give you the children. I started seeing bones everywhere, dry bones, just even as we were driving here tonight, I was like, why are there bones everywhere? And I felt the Lord saying, Ryan, will these bones live? Will these people live? And I started seeing lives torn apart people all over just crying for the Lord. And the Lord says, I'm going to give you the heart and the eyesight for those that are struggling, those that are going through it. And the Lord says, I will allow you to see the harvest and give you the strategy to be part of reaching that harvest, says the Lord. The bones will live and you will be a part of reaching those bones and bringing them back to life, says the Lord. Samantha, God says, I handpicked you for this. I handpicked you, and God says, even now, your discernment is growing and sharpening. And the Lord says, I've given you broad shoulders in the spirit, says the Lord, to, to carry, to be able to take things, even some of the difficult challenges up ahead. The Lord says, you're going to weather that fine. You're going to walk that uh, line uh, very well, says God, because I'm leading you into this call. And I will cause you to be someone who is speaking forth the word and, and rightly dividing the word, says the Lord, and you'll be known as someone who always has a word in season and out of season season. And I will add a new level of anointing to your word, says the Lord. And there will be a new measure of inner healing coming forth from your ministry, says the Father. So get ready to impart healing to those that are listening to the word being preached. And a new boldness shall overtake you, woman of God. And the Lord says, you will prophesy, and you will prophesy, and you will prophesy. And the Lord says, even now, that gift of prophecy is rising up to another level. And on the two of you, the Lord says, I'm stirring up a spirit of prophecy as never before. 
to be to be okay with setting down the plans and going with God is telling you. And the Lord says, I'll cause you to move prophetically in ways that you've seen before, but you've wondered, can I really do this? God says, a spirit of prophecy, a prophetic spirit that will give forth a new level of the voice of God to the congregation and those in your ministry, says the Lord. So we release this prophetic impartation over the two of you this night, and we say, walk confidently and securely, knowing that God goes before you. And man of God, the Lord says, also, I've trained you in the marketplace. As David was trained to fight the lion and the bear, I've trained you loving people, working with people, working with the good ones, working with the hardheads. Uh, I've trained you how to navigate the sea of people and how to love them and see the best and the gold in them. And the Lord says, you are well equipped and prepared for this hour. I go before you, says the Lord, and your confidence is in me, says God. Go forth and be fruitful in your ministry, says the Lord. Well, we saved Pastor Ron Domina for the last. He's been a pastor, a father in my life. Uh, he came over. He knew this. He just forgot. He said, now, how long ago did you start the church? I said, we celebrated 25 years. He looked at me and goes, that's a long time. <laughs> but he was here. Pastor Ron, would you come? Pastor Ron Domina. Bethel Christian Fellowship. Welcome to the party. We've been this way before. I was hearing Hector talking about the oil pouring over you. I, I remember I got voted into Bethel by exactly the number of votes needed. Not one more, not one less. But God had told me I was going to pastor there beforehand. Somebody said, that's not a strong call. I said, well, if you looked at my resume, you'd know it was a strong call. And I was, in a, I was in a Sunday night service, I'd just been there a couple of weeks, and I closed my eyes to open the service in prayer, and the guy comes in off the street. My eyes are closed, and he takes a big gulp cup from 7-Eleven and just pours oil all over me, my suit, everything else. God brought an anointing off the street and said, I put you here. That was 42 years ago. That's a long time. <laughs> and in 2014, we transitioned. Our middle son became lead pastor. You, you're well aware of that. Um, people thought I retired. I was glad to see Marty put something out there. I'm not retiring. Fathers don't retire from their families. And uh, Marty and his wife Patty are mom and pop here. I remember when they started. I remember watching this family with great admiration. 
as Marty and Patty raised their sons to love God, to know him, and to be successful. Every one of them have been so successful in their own right. I remember when you came to me and you were feeling the call to ministry and you were a little antsy. You thought your dad was a little so to recognize it, but I understand that because we, I never wanted to put my sons in a place where they thought uh, that I expected them to follow us into the ministry. We hired David, the lead pastor now, as the construction manager, project manager for the construction of our new sanctuary. He figured he'd finish that and leave, but he never left. We did a prophetic presbytery one day, and uh, they were ministering over both of our sons. And uh, one of the prophets came to me and said, could I have your coat, please? And uh, they called my, our middle son, David, up and put the coat on him and declared that the apostolic anointing for his life rested upon him. It was kind of a surprise because you always think the eldest. And uh, they're serving today together, happily, no competition, in the roles that God chose them. And that was a revelation to me. Thank God for prophecy. Thank God for prophets. It really helps you navigate what happens. And this is an incredible day. I had a few minutes, Pastor Marty called me this morning, I had a few minutes to talk to him on the phone and uh, understand that he will always be the apostolic father of this house. God put the vision in the hearts, maybe of some of you who are still here from 25 years ago and in his heart and Patty's heart to start that church in their home. And uh, his role will never change here. You don't retire from those kind of relationships. You carry them. I recognize that I have that place even in Bethel now. It's time. It's the time you look forward to, but waited for. Best is ahead. It's been a joy, Ryan, to see you grow, mature, and to see that call that God put on your life so indelibly that you knew that He had set you up for this moment. And the day that you came to work with your dad, I thank God for that. I thank God for what's in store for both of you. It's a new season. Father, your grace is upon this couple. I've watched them these years. Your anointing is upon them. I thank you for what has been established in this city and in this place. I thank you for Marty and Patty. I thank you for the elders and the people of this congregation. And I know that their hearts and their arms are open 
to receive everything that you have for them in the days that are to come. So, Lord, we thank God for the anointing you've placed upon them. I thank you for the paths and the doors that are opening, even for Pastor Marty as he moves into this, this new role of oversight here in this house as well as the, the liberty and freedom that Ryan's placement here gives to him to take the anointing and the grace that you placed upon him and Patty and, and use that as the deposit in the lives of so many other people. I thank you, Lord, for what you're building here. I thank you for all the men who have spoken here tonight and have spoken into their lives as well. We stand together as one saying, thank you, God. It is our privilege and our honor to be a part of this wonderful celebration. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. for this. <laughs> Ryan, I want to read this charge to you. Why don't you get that microphone there, Ryan? And then you're all going to have a, a part two, so stay with me. We're going to come to a close here in just a few moments. Ryan, do you promise to be an example to God's people here in a way you are led by the Holy Spirit? Care for your family while you lead God's people. I do. Do you promise to feed yourself spiritually by the diligent study of God's word and practicing spiritual disciplines? I do. Do you promise to live a life above reproach as a man of integrity, not quick-tempered, not self-willed, not addicted, but rather hospitable, sensible, and self-controlled? I do. Do you promise to steward the finances of the house of God in a way that brings honor and glory to the Lord. I do. Do you promise to feed the flock by preaching the word of God, leading the church through worship, evangelism, discipleship, and building relationships? I do. Church, do you promise to recognize that the ministry of your pastor is a gift from God to you? Now, you've got to do better than this. I function well when people amen me loud, so I'm going to give you another chance. Do you promise to pray for your pastor? Yes. You're worth waiting on. Do you promise to follow your pastor's leadership and joyfully serve with him? Yes. Do you promise to respect, honor, and appreciate your pastor for the work that he does? Yes. Do you promise to contribute faithfully to the Lord for the support of the ministry and your pastor. Yeah. I want to lay a hand, honey, come on over and lay hands on him with me. Lord, today we come to this moment, and what an honor, God, that you have given to us, our family, to the church, to this city, this region, and the world to bring Ryan and Samantha to this place. I thank you for your purposes, 
I thank you, Lord, that your gift and your calling that is upon them and for choosing Ryan and Samantha for such a time as this to be the lead pastor of the city church. Lord, as the elders, the pastors, and the congregation, as we now install Ryan McDonald as the lead pastor, may you pour out wisdom on him. Give him a spirit of revelation. Enlighten the eyes of his understanding as he begins to navigate your direction and will for this ministry. Pour your divine favor upon him and Samantha, the leadership team, staff, and congregation. Lord, I pray that in this new role that you will give him the opportunities that he has never even seen, heard, or dreamed of heretofore. And we bless him and we honor them today. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Come on. So, I have, I have a couple more things to do. Benjamin, would you bring me that Bible up? That's right there. Let me move this one. Actually, yeah, Pastor, I know it's uh, a little rough. So this is. This is a Bible. This is before iPads, iPhones, and devices. This is, this is what guys we used to use. I tried to glue this. This is one of the first Bibles that I got when I felt God's call on my life. I'm not expecting you to use it, but I give it to you in honor and blessing tonight. I got... I got two more things. I did not talk to Pastor Ron about this uh, earlier, but I'd felt a couple months ago that I wanted to give you, in 2 Kings 2, Elijah, his cloak fell, and Elisha picked it up. This jacket has been around the world. The suit. I've warred in different nations. I've preached weddings, funerals, conferences with it. And not that it's going to give you any other power, but today I put it on you and I honor you as the lead pastor of the church of Jesus Christ. The last thing I wanted to do, we talked about a baton. It just didn't seem to fit you right. So we got you, the sword of the spirit, Ephesians 6, 14 through 17. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I'd like...
I'd like the pastors as we close, I'd like all the pastors, if you would just come down and gather around them. I want to pray for them. Step up here, Ryan and Samantha. All the pastors, please, if you would. Thank you for this moment in time that you have set these two apart for this time. God, I pray not only a pastor's blessing, but a father's blessing on them tonight. God, keep them and use them to do things, great and mighty things they know not of. And Father, I ask in the name of Jesus that the shalom of God would cover this house, this home, this ministry. They have been born into wholeness, completeness, maturity, prosperity, joy, harmony. You are the God of peace, the God of shalom. And may these two be shalom bringers in the world that we live in. We live in a disjointed, disordered, fractured world. And they will be walking around purveyors of peace. Peace with God. Peace with others. May we be able to see and distinguish the mark that you have placed on their lives and on their family so that the world may be able to see the beauty of who you are, the God who in yourself is completely and totally whole, Father, Son, and Spirit, one in essence. And may their lives be demonstrative of an integrity, of a wholeness, of a harmony, of a peace, so that the world may see Jesus. We ask your blessing and your favor to rest upon them. And for the days to come, to be days that they enjoy, that they live in the moment, that they enjoy your presence, and that, God, you would use them for your glory in ways that they have not even dared to imagine. I ask this now in the powerful and the strong and the beautiful name. The name that is above every name. The name of Jesus our Lord. Amen. 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 Woo! Woo! Come on, let's give God a big praise. I love you. Now listen. Next door in our Generation Center, I, if you don't know how to get there, find somebody that does and follow them because we've prepared a beautiful uh, reception for all of you. We want you to come. Um, 
It's not that late. You guys, you'd stay up for the Bills game. Come on. And I want you to do that because I want you to see some people you haven't seen before. Greet Pastor Ryan, Pastor Samantha, and some of the pastors here as well. I love you. Thank you, each one of you, for coming. Right next door. Yeah. Oh, yes, I was supposed to give it to Ryan. I'm sorry. I'm overwhelmed with gratitude tonight. And I want to I wanna take three more minutes. I read today in Genesis 22 where God called Abraham. Debbie, you can play. I'm comfortable when you're playing the piano. I'm a worshiper. God called unto Abraham to take his son Isaac. And I draw three conclusions from that scripture as Abraham took his son. The first conclusion I came to is that my dad took myself, my brother Ben, and my other brother Garrett everywhere he went. And he taught us to believe. Look around. When he started, there was plastic chairs in the side lawn where my garage is now. And he believed God to do the impossible. Dad, you taught us to believe. And we're standing here because you believe God. And it, the Bible says it was accounted unto him as righteousness. And I know how to believe because my dad believed. Another conclusion I came to. The Bible says that Abraham laid Isaac on the altar and stacked wood on him. And that Isaac turned to the father and he said, where's the sacrifice? And he looked at the son and he said, God himself will provide the sacrifice. My dad slowly, steadily, and consistently taught us as sons to carry the weight of the wood. Each day, each hour, just a little more, just a little more. I wouldn't be able to carry the weight if I wasn't shown how to. Thank you for showing me how to carry the weight. And lastly, the scripture says something very pointed. It says in Genesis 22, when the scripture opens, that the two of them went together. They went to the mountain of Moriah because God had spoken. And the scripture goes on that he brought his son and he stacked the wood on his son. And then you know the scripture, he provided a sacrifice. But the scripture says something else. You read the scripture for yourself. It says again, the two of them went together. It is my heart. It is my spirit. It is my call from God himself to continue the two of them together. Today, Dad, 
I honor you for teaching us to believe, to teach, teaching us to carry the way, and for taking us together with you in the calling that God had for you and now for us. I love you. I didn't have my notes. That's why I forgot them. I love each and every one of you. Thank God for this moment. Thank you for being a part. These are all my friends up here. These are all my friends. Can you give God thanks for these men and women up here? Lord, bless my friends. Bless this people, I pray. And bless the food tonight. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Right next door in the Generation Center, we want you to come. We love you.